When someone expects you to know something that you don't know, it can be really frustrating. Luckily, God does not leave us to figure things out on our own. In this series, called Basic, we're talking about the foundational principles of being a follower of Jesus. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. We learn three things by looking at Jesus' baptism. We learn that baptism is right, that it's wet, that it's transformational. White, already, already, the second time. Right, wet, and transformational. That'll make a little more sense as we go into it. We are talking specifically, a little disclaimer, specifically about water baptism. If you've heard the things like baptism in the Holy Spirit, that is not necessarily a basic. I'd love to talk with you about that. Uh, if you have no idea what you're talking about, that, that's fine. Um, water baptism is a basic. So let's read about Jesus's water baptism. Uh, there's a man named Matthew that kind of told some stories about, that heard some stories about this Jesus guy, and he, he uh, got eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did, and he wrote them down. And we're going to talk a lot about the things he wrote down. He recorded what it looked like when Jesus was baptized. This is what it says. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. A little background on this event in history. We've got two characters here, two people, Jesus and John. This is John the Baptist, different from John the Apostle, John the book of John, different than that guy. Um, this is Jesus and John. They're actually cousins. John the Baptist, John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. Uh, and, and John the Baptist kind of had a runway. We, we kind of see... We see him coming from a distance. This is what uh, Matthew recorded about John as well. He said, In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. We believe that God in, in, in two separate chunks kind of interacted with history and we see what he did in the New Testament and the Old Testament. So what's really cool here is that way, way, way before John, way before Jesus, a prophet named Isaiah said, this guy is coming, there's a savior coming, but there's also a guy coming before him that is going to prepare the way. <clears throat> and this is Isaiah that's saying, uh, that says, he has a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord is coming. Clear the road for him. So this is a reference to an Old Testament prophecy. Prophecy is the word we use uh, when God calls his pocket, right? Eight ball left pocket. That's, that's God saying in the way long time ago, hey, this is coming. And he does it over and over again. And every time he's right. So God uh, says, oh, Isaiah, God says to the prophet Isaiah, you tell the people, there's a man coming. He's going to make the way for the savior. So this is John the Baptist that Isaiah was talking about that Matthew records being a description of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is go walking around and he's saying, hey, my cousin is coming. You better get ready because he's the savior of the universe, which would be super weird if your cousin was God. 
We don't, that's one of those like crazy things that we just like read past. But um, I talk a lot about James as well, whose brother was the savior. Um, and that's a big deal. So John the Baptist is getting people ready. And that's one of our people in the story. The second one is Jesus. Jesus is very important here. Um, and John the Baptist knew that his cousin Jesus was the savior of the universe. He knew that the Old Testament prophecies that were saying there's going to be a man coming. He's going to reconcile God with his people. He said, I know that Jesus is that person. So when cousin Jesus comes up to John the Baptist and he says, I would like you to baptize me. Even a man named John the Baptist <laughs> was like, me baptize you? I don't think so. And uh, Jesus insisted, and, and you're going to listen to the Savior, um, and because <laughs> baptism is important, and so even Jesus had to do it. Jesus did it. Um, so we're going to break down the, the, the event of Jesus' baptism, and we're going to see it's right, wet, and transformational. Take a, a closer look, and we're going to model our baptism, our baptism in water, after his so the first thing we learn from this passage is that baptism is right. It is right. We see, but Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Baptism is so right that even the perfect savior of the universe wanted to be baptized. Even God who came, the creator stepped into creation. He said, I'm going to establish this baptism thing for people that are going to follow me forever. So, Baptism is right. Matthew also recorded some other things from Jesus later on in Jesus' ministry. He said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you may have heard that phrase before, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, if you've seen that, if you've uh, seen a baptism, you have probably heard those exact words because those are often the words that pastors will use as they do a baptism. This verse is, is very common uh, because it, it, it hits a lot of things in one short verse. It's called the Great Commission. Uh, missionaries say, therefore go. Missionaries will say, hey, this is, I'm reading this and it says I gotta go, so I'm gonna go. Churches will say, make disciples. And churches will say, okay, I'm going to make disciples. Um, this last part about baptism is kind of what we're focusing on. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is right. Baptism is important. It's proper. It's the way that Jesus was establishing this thing. He was establishing this ordinance. This is what's going to happen. When people follow me, they're then going to be baptized in water. If you don't know that wonderful person that was leading worship here not too long ago, her name is Sam and she is my wife. And uh, we've been married for almost four years now. And I wear this ring every day as a symbol of our marriage. We've been married almost four years, but we've been together for over 10 years, um, which is a really long time um, since you were in diapers, many of you. Um, and we had a relationship. We had established a relationship for about six years before we got married. So the part of the marriage covenant, the, the ceremony, this whole, like lots of this giant party and money and, and invite all our friends to come watch and wear this ring. Part of that is to say, this is a symbol. We're going to have a ceremony that, that, and, and get this symbol that is going to mean we are committed to each other. And in the same way, your baptism is a symbol to a community and to yourself that you are committed to Jesus. So I wear this ring, one, to remind myself, and every time I look at this hand, I don't remind myself I'm married. Like, I don't forget that. But, but it is a reminder of my commitment to my wife. It is, it is a thing I wear every single day to remind myself. I am not, I'm no longer my own. I have a family to take care of. I have a wife that is, um, that is important to me. 
And I also wear this ring to let all the honeys know that, <laughs> that I am off the market. <laughs> so it is, a, it is a symbol to myself and it is a symbol to other people. In the same way, water baptism is a symbol for yourself. You are going to be, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the, the imagery, but is, is, it's a symbol for yourself to say, I'm committed to God. And it is a symbol for other people that says, I am committed to God. And it is a symbol for those people to say, all right, together, we're going to run after God. So it's a commitment and it's just a symbol. This water baptism thing, just much like my wedding ring, is a symbol of a deep connection relationship with God. So we can learn from this passage that baptism is right. We can also learn that baptism is wet. Now, this may sound a little silly, but as I get a little deeper, it's going to make sense to you. In that Jesus' baptism, it says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, now, we, to come up out of the water requires to be in the water, right? So, if you don't know, um, I talked about these, this Old Testament and New Testament that, that God kind of interacted with human history, and we have this record of what he's done through human history. That Old Testament was not written down by people who spoke English. It was written down by people who spoke Hebrew. So Old Testament primarily in Hebrew, New Testament primarily in Greek. People that spoke Greek were writing down. God was giving this, the, this word and saying, hey, write these things down. And they were writing it down because they spoke Greek. They were writing it down in Greek. Make sense? In this passage, um, we see the Greek word baptizo. And baptizo is, is a word that, that we sometimes lose. We, we created this word baptism to mean baptizo. And so we created this word that we can make mean whatever we want, right? If we're just making up a word, somebody made up a word and they can make it mean whatever they want. If a Greek person heard the word baptizo, they would hear dunk. If I said to you the word dunk, you would know what that means, right? Yeah. Down, it fully submerged in the water. You know what that word means. In the same way, if you said baptizo to a person who spoke this version of the Greek language, they would understand dunk, full immersion in water. Now, this is important because not everyone considers baptism to mean fully immersed, immersed in water. If any of you have grown up Catholic or you know Catholic people, um, was anyone in here sprinkled as a baby? Got the sprinkling in the Catholic church? Just a couple of you, not a ton of you. Um, now, we as a church do not believe that that sprinkling as a baby fulfills what Jesus described and modeled for us as baptism. Um, we believe that because we look at this word baptizo and we know that it meant full submersion in water, we see baptism as something that you cannot do as an infant. We see Jesus as a 30-year-old man being baptized. So we say, and we read through scripture, and we find that sprinkling as a baby does not fulfill the requirement. And this is not a time for shame. You could not have stopped anyone from sprinkling you as a baby. So um, we just, this is a time to reflect and say, if I was sprinkled as a baby, does it really fulfill the way Jesus modeled baptism. I would say it does not, and that's okay, but what that means is let's get you baptized at the church picnic next Saturday. Um, and baptism happens after salvation. So we believe that you have to accept Jesus' sacrifice, you have to believe he's your savior before you're baptized, the way Jesus did. And you cannot do that as an infant. So that's one of the reasons that we, uh, again, there's no shame involved. We just teach, we just believe differently. We interpret this differently. And uh, so we teach that you should do it again. If you were sprinkled as a baby, you can be water baptized again. So we've learned. 
Water baptism is right. We've learned that it's wet. And it's, that's full immersion dunked in water. And finally, we can learn that baptism is transformational. Even for Jesus, the creator of the universe, the savior, we've been talking about this guy a lot. Even for him, it was transformational. It marked the beginning of his ministry because Jesus was a man who just lived for 30 years as a carpenter. He, 30 years, he was like in the family business. He was just a guy. And then he spent three years walking around doing miracles and, and messing up all of culture so that to show he's the creator of the universe and it eventually led him to the cross. So the beginning of that whole path to the cross started a baptism for him, for Jesus. There was a moment that started his ministry and it was when he was dunked, his transformation. We read in Matthew 3.17, just in that account of his baptism. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This is God the Father saying that Jesus' baptism is good and it was the beginning of something that it put Jesus on this trajectory that was gonna change everything. So following Jesus' model, we too should be transformed. We should experience change when we are baptized. Now that does not necessarily mean that you're going to travel the world and do a bunch of miracles. Maybe it does. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to leave your home or your family or, you know, change professions. But it should mean that something changes in you. Something changes. Something is transformed in you when you experience water baptism. I was just talking to Cassidy not too long ago because we're about a year and a couple weeks uh, removed from her baptism. And she said, over the past year, so much has changed with my relationship with God. I've gotten so much closer, so much deeper. And it all started. I can look, trace it back. It all started to that day when she was baptized. In this room, she was baptized. Something should change in your life. So we say this is after salvation, that this, that baptism, water baptism should happen. And, um, it should happen immediately. We, we aren't making up these rules. We're, we're reading them in scripture and where God interacted with human history and people wrote it down. And we see in the book of Acts that uh, this is kind of a record of the early church. And Peter was talking to this crowd and he, he, he said this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So Peter is preaching to this crowd and they're, they're all getting saved and they're like, okay, Jesus is the way. And Peter says, okay, now that you're pro-Jesus, you've, um, you've accepted him as your savior, you, you're following Jesus, and that is your thing. You've, that is like a, an event. Salvation is what we call it. When you put your trust in Jesus, when you believe that he died for you. Then the next, the same sentence, the next thing you do is baptism. And we see in this same Greek passage, baptizo is used again. Full immersion, the next step for this crowd is baptism because there's a transformation. It's marking a transformation. There's such a big transformation that we see another person who is writing letters to a church uh, in this book of Romans. He describes it as dying and coming back to life. Like that's how big the transformation is. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. They laid him to rest in a tomb. They rolled a giant rock in front of it. Three days later, he came back to life. He defeated death, changed everything. And in the same way that Jesus died and came back to life three days later, our water baptism is a symbol, an echo of that event. 
and we are dunked, fully submerged, and we come back out of the water, a new person, a new creation. We may live new lives. It's that big of a transformation. It echoes what Jesus did on the cross when he died and came back to life. So this transformation is a death of an old version of you when you go under the water. And when you come back up, it is a new creation. It's a new life that you're living. It's a transformation. You are totally different. I hope that by reading Jesus's baptism and seeing what he did and how he modeled it for us, that together we can understand this a little bit better. That's Matthew 3, 13 through 17. If you didn't write it down, you can read it again later. We see baptism for Jesus' baptism was right. It's wet and it's transformational. And that is the same baptism he wants for us. As I've mentioned a couple times now, there will be a water baptism at the church picnic, August 17th. And if you have never been baptized, this is the time. If you've never been water baptized and you would say, yes, I do believe Jesus is my savior. It is time for you to be baptized, this is, a lot of people will say, it's not this time, I'll get it next time. Or they've put it off already a bunch of times, it just just doesn't quite feel right. Let me encourage you, just like Peter said, okay, repent of your sins and turn to God. Same sentence, be baptized, be water baptized. You have the opportunity to be baptized. Uh, And together we're gonna walk through that. So if that is you, I want you to talk to me about it. Talk to your small group leader about it tonight. We're going to give you some time to do that later. And I'm going to get you on the list to be baptized on August 17th because it's really, really important to me that you are fulfilling that call, that you're, you're following Jesus's model and echoing his sacrifice on the cross. I don't know where you individually are in your walk with Jesus. I can't know that just by looking at you. But if you are a Christ follower who has been baptized, come to the picnic and cheer on your friends and pray for people, and ask people, and say, hey, have you ever been baptized? Would you consider it? Can we talk to Pastor Chris about it? Can we talk to our small group leader about it together? If you are a Christ follower, and you've never been baptized, you've never been baptizo, fully immersed immersed in water, I, I, I can't stress enough to you that this is, you don't need to make an excuse. You don't need to be scared. You don't need to worry. This is a, like, I support people, like, a lot, but when people are coming up out of the water, for baptism, that is like one of the, like if I could, my support was tangible, you would be crushed for how much support that the whole body of Christ will be giving you that day. So if that is you, that you are a Christ follower and you have never been water baptized, water baptized, let's get you on the list and let's do that August 17th. If you have not committed your life to Jesus, you would say, I don't really know if I am a Christ follower. Um, talk to me. Talk to a small group leader. If you have any questions, we can talk about that um, because baptism could be your next step. Maybe you, you have fulfilled that salvation requirement. You don't quite uh, understand how it works because the only thing between you and water baptism is following Jesus, is accepting Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. All that means is that you believe the story of Jesus. We tell the story of Jesus through a, a model called Alive in Five, so I'm going to walk you through that. We believe that God is love that he created us in love, that, that, we, that he could not stand being separated from us. But when we sin, when we make bad choices, it divides us from God. It divides us from him. But he loves us so much that that can't be the end of the story for him. So he stepped into creation. He came to be with us. And in doing that, he died on the cross and defeated death and came back to life to pay the price for our sins. 
because the wages of sin is death. That means that there's a price for every mistake we make. Every time we go and do what God has told us not to do, there is a price that needs to be paid and Jesus paid it on the cross. All we have to do to apply that sacrifice to our sins, to our personal sins, is say yes and decide to put our faith. I believe this story. I believe Jesus is the creator of the universe, that he came and died for my sins and that my sins are covered. We need to decide to put our faith in him. And when we do that, we get God dwelling in us and the Holy Spirit helps us to live for him. If you believe all of that, and I am one person that says you can't, if you believe all of that, you are ready to be baptized in water. Talk to your small group leader about it tonight and we'll get you on the list and we will make it happen. If you need a moment to commemorate that decision, to believe the story of Jesus, to believe that he died, I'd like to provide that moment for you tonight. So I'm going to, to pray a prayer line by line and I want everyone in this room to repeat after me. And some people, for some of you in here, it may be the first time you've ever prayed that prayer. And if you needed that moment to say, this is the night, this is the moment that I gave my life to Jesus, I'm gonna provide that for you tonight. And you can walk out of here knowing that you are ready to be baptized in water. All right, so let's all bow our heads and repeat after me. God, I thank you for dying in my place, for being the sacrifice to pay for my sins. I thank you that you loved me so much that you couldn't stand to be divided from me. Tonight, I declare that I'm putting my faith in you. I believe in your sacrifice. I accept your gift of salvation. And I apply Jesus' sacrifice to my sins and my life. And I thank you for accepting me, for loving me, for caring for me, for adopting me into the family of God. And tonight is the night that I'm making that decision to follow after you. Help me as I continue to make that decision every day. We love you. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you can get your podcasts. We hope this message has mattered to your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.